Welcome to Simple Church Podcast. My name is Paul Bernard. I'll be your host today as we continue to talk about all things church, spiritual, just whatever it is that's going to get you closer to God and further away from the junk that causes you problems in life. So over the past few weeks, we have talked about identity problems. We started out with the performance identity, and that's basically you are how you succeed. You, your identity falls into a trap of what I can accomplish. Then we talked about a approval-driven identity, which is where you need other people to validate you in order for you to be happy and for you to understand that you uh, are a good person or that's what gives you value. And so we're going to dive right on in and talk more, okay? So as we've been talking about this identity and where it comes from uh, and where we should get our identity, and the key thing to remember is what we talked about in, in the last one, and that was the concept of spiritual formation. We're formed by our past and will continue to be formed as we get older. What this basically means is that we are what we have experienced through life. That's going to dictate your perspective of life. And so all of us has baggage, right? All of us have these things in our life that cause us bad memories or PTSD, whatever that might be in your life. And a lot of times we got to go backwards in order to go forward. And so that's, you know, really what we're going to talk about today. A few weeks back, I was coaching a young couple uh, right before they got married, talking about what marriage was and that sort of thing. And the guy was sitting across from me at a coffee shop, uh, he and her both, and the guy was a cop. And it was so funny that when I was trying to talk to him and he kept darting his eyes to the left and to the right, and I kept noticing him because of his training, because of his lifestyle, because of what he had been doing for so long, he was constantly scoping the place for criminals. It was hilarious. And I finally told him, I said, look, man, I need you to focus on me. And he said, sorry, it's just a force of habit. That is spiritual formation. His spirit has been changed because of the environment that he is constantly in. A lot of times you'll see people in the military are generally more aware of their surroundings because of their training. And sometimes that leads to even a paranoia. And so all of that said, we just need to remember we can change the way we see our world and our spiritual formation. We just need to lay track in the same direction for a period of time, keep doing something over and over until it begins to change who we are. But in order for healthy change to take place, we have to get the negative things out of our life that are currently forming us. Let me explain. Have you ever been lied to by a person or maybe even several people? Do you have trust issues because you were lied to? Probably not. I mean, somebody, everybody's going to lie at some point. And, and maybe you've been lied to a few times, but that's not causing you not to trust the world, okay? But at the same time, you're more likely to have trust issues and paranoia if someone lied to you that you had put all your trust in them, such as a significant other or a father or a mother, the more of ourselves we put into a relationship, the more the other person is involved in our spiritual formation. And that's something to remember, okay? And that brings me to our next identity problem, our next counterfeit identity 
and that's relational identity. So I'm going to give you a definition of what I believe relational identity kind of sums it all up. I am loved, therefore I am worthy of love. This is a person that values, finds their value in someone else thinking or loving them. Having a relationship with someone else. That is the thing that causes worth. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This identity has been the downfall for many people, okay? This identity revolves around the relationships of our life. And something to know is that the closer and more frequently we spend time with a person, the more that they are engaging in our identity. Now, I want to say this before we go any further, and I start getting kickback on this. Relationships are not bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. As a matter of fact, we're wired for them by God. But toxic or negative influences in your life should be dealt with ASAP, especially the ones where you find your worth or value as a person. If you have a relational counterfeit identity problem, these people are going to drag you to the bottom of despair. You just need to know that. Now, we're going to talk a lot about romantic relationships um, and relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, whatever that might look like, and some in marriage, okay? But not all of the solutions, this is kind of a disclaimer, not all of the solutions in this talk are for married people. If you are married and your spouse is toxic, negative influence, you're at a whole different level than what we're going to be talking about. And you have to deal with them in a different way because of the covenant of marriage that you made. I'll deal with this in a future podcast dealing with marriage, but it will not be in this one, okay? So let's dive right in and talk about relationship identity. First off, it takes a lot of forms, and maybe you can identify with some of these, and maybe you can't, but just hang out and you'll, you'll find out what I'm talking about. Relational identity a lot of times comes in three different places, okay? Number one, in a romantic place, all right? And this is a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Now, we've seen this a lot, Okay. I have seen romantic relationships derail more people spiritually than anything else in 20 years of ministry. And why is that? Well, number one, the thing that we like to call love, the emotion, floods our brains and our bodies with dopamine. And so we become literally on drugs, literally high, okay? And we don't think rationally. We begin to think extremely emotionally, okay? And so when two people enter into that relationship, if one of them has a relational identity issue, then they're expecting that other person to give them their value, all right? And this is, if you don't have your value worked out before you find somebody else, they'll never give you the value you're looking for. Now, this happens in men a lot, okay? I see a lot of guys... Uh, as a matter of fact, when I was younger, I was probably one of them. This is the serial dater. This is the guy constantly looking to get married, constantly looking for a wife, constantly looking to settle down. Why? Because that's where they find their worth. And not only that, they love to pursue, right? They love to feel like they're impressing a woman, all right? This is why all male animals, and this is very important for you guys to hear me, all male animals, when in rut, act differently. Would you not agree? If you're a turkey hunter, you know that the gobblers, the male turkeys, are the ones that strut for the other, right? They try to create something that they are not so that the other person will give them value. 
Now, ladies, a lot of times deal with value and worth a lot more seriously. And so they will do the same thing. But at the same time, they will actually add on to. This is why, and if you're a lady and you're listening to this and you've always wondered why this was your issue, this is why ladies are attracted to the bad boys. All right? And let me explain to you why. Because it's bonus points, right? First off, you find somebody that loves you, therefore you find value in that love. But it's bonus points if you can fix him. And that means you're worth even more. And there's some problems with that. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about the problems and the solutions. But I'm here to tell you right now that never, ever, ever happens. Okay. Somebody once told me something in marriage, and I love this. And so if you're dating or you're in a relationship with somebody, the bad things when you get married get worse. The good things do get better, but the bad things get worse. And so I want you to remember something. If you're trying to find your value in a person, and it's called, it'll cause you to make horrible decisions, be in a toxic relationship, and keep going back, even if there is abuse. Why? And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Even if there is abuse, and the reason why is because you value being valued more than anything else. This is how dangerous the romantic relational identity in uh, value-driven people are. Okay, and the next one is plutonic. Now, this is just friends. You know, I've always said if somebody's really popular, they have a lot of value in themselves. All right, so what does that mean? We view people that are well-known as somebody that's very valuable, right? So the more friends you have, the more value you have. So does that make sense to you? This is why we see people trying to get a lot of friends and wanting to be friends with everybody and just going into uh, their serial frienders, okay? They want to have a lot of friends. Why? Because that's where they find their value. The problem is when they don't have a lot of friends or a friend hurts them, their value system is crashed immediately, okay? This is very, very dangerous because these are the people you're spending a lot of time with and they're pulling you down a road that you might not want to go down, okay? The last one is probably the worst one, and that is the familial identity. Now, basically, this relationship deals with family. The need to impress, the need for dad to say he's proud of you, the need for mom to say she's proud of you or she loves you and not always criticize you and all these different things. And so you will constantly seek that thing from those people. You will constantly put yourself in harm's way, even before family, to get family to recognize your value. And what are you doing? You're allowing your family, through very toxic and negative ways, to govern how much you value yourself. You've, they've got all the cards. So you can see how this, through these forms, that relationship identity, what it does. First off, if it's romantic, then I mean, that goes wild. These crazy people that you're dating, right? And maybe even the crazy one that you married, but this is why, because you're not finding value in yourself. And instead you're trying to find it elsewhere. It also talks about friendships and plutonic relationship. This is why you have friends that just keep, you know, throwing you down. They just keep on, you know, messing you over 
and yet you still go back, and yet you still do. Why? Because their friendship is a value where you find your value, okay? Now, in family, same thing, except it's a lot more dangerous and a lot more toxic. Why? Because we are told we're supposed to honor our mother and father, right? I believe you can honor people with boundaries, and I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But one of the biggest verses that I have people come up to me all the time that are having this toxic relationship with their family is in Ephesians, where the Bible says, children, obey your parents, for this is good. Okay, you're not a child. You're not a kid. Okay, it's probably true during your childhood, you needed to obey everything your parents said. But now as an adult, you are accountable to God and God alone. Okay, so you need to remember that. All right. Now, the problem with this, and a lot of times what we see when these relational issues and identity, we see this thing called identity clash. Now, let me explain to you what this means. Okay, so we talked about over the past few episodes about identity, counterfeit identities, right? Things that claim to give you worth and value, but they're sent from the enemy. They're sent from the devil, right? They're not from God. They're not healthy. You might not be the only one dealing with this. And a lot of times we will see people that get their identity from their own narcissism and worth. And what they'll do is use you to form their identity. And the whole time they're doing that, you're trying to get them to form your identity. This is called an identity clash. This is why it's so messed up to have this relationship identity that's counterfeit crisis. Okay. Now let's go to the Bible for just a second. And I want to give you a verse that I just absolutely love, and it's taken on so much new meaning for me as my life has gotten uh, longer, older. It's Matthew 6, 21. Now, generally, we, we look at this verse as a money verse, okay? And it says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And yeah, it could be talking about money, but you can, you can replace words in there, and it mean this exact same thing, just translate it differently. So let me give you an idea. All right, so we got the words treasure and heart, okay? We know that the Bible talks about the heart, meaning the core of who you are. And treasure, right, is anything that gives value, okay? It could be money. Uh, your treasure could be football. Your treasure could be the, whatever gives you value. So, so if we translate that verse, thinking about that mainstream idea, listen to this. What gives you value will be where you are. That's what's going to draw you. You're going to be around the things that give you value. So let me, let's just test this out, okay? Men are really competitive, and they value being right. That's a big-time thing. That's where they find their value is being right. That's where they're always trying to be the hero in the situation. God kind of designed them for that, but we take it in a whole different way. So let me ask you a question. If you value your football team, where are you at on Sunday night, Saturday evening? Right? This verse works. Okay? If you value your spouse, where do you spend most of your time? With your spouse. Whatever it is in life that you value, if you value likes on Facebook, where are you going to spend most of your time? Scrolling on Facebook. If you value your success, where are you going to spend most of your time? You see, these things that give us value, that's what draws us in. Why? Because all of us are desperately seeking to be valued. 
I want to give you another way of putting that that might make more sense to you. Everybody wants their life to be worth something. And we search everywhere. And man, do not think the devil does not know that we search everywhere for this, that we hunt this at all cost. That's why he keeps throwing all these different counterfeit identities at us. What gives you value, that's where you're going to be focused in life. Just remember that. If being the best deer hunter is what gives you value and you want everybody to think you're awesome at it, where are you going to spend most of your time? In the woods. That's exactly right. And you can put this with anything. You look at where you spend most of your time and your energy, and I'll show you the thing that gives you value. This is how powerful this verse is. So where you, the person that gives you value is, that's what you're going to be focused on. It doesn't matter if that person is toxic, that person is negative, that person is bringing you down, that person is a bad influence on you. It does not matter. If they are what's giving you your value, you're going to be drawn to them. And this explains why people make so many stupid decisions when it comes to marriage and dating and courting and friendships. Why? Because we will relentlessly pursue that thing that gives us value, no matter what the cost to us is. We just want value. It doesn't matter if it destroys us. We want value. So let's talk about some of the problems this relationship identity gives us. Number one, and this is talking about couples and marriage and, um, you know, just a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you want to call it. All right significant other. The number one problem relationship identities give us here is the thing called infidelity. Now, I have walked with a lot of people through infidelity, and I've figured out some things that most of them all end up being the same thing. And guess what? It's not sex. It's not love. It's not grass is greener on the other side. It's the fact that they feel valued. You see, every man loves to pursue, and they love to feel like they're impressing somebody. And so we'll play this game as men where we're maybe at a workplace or something else where somebody's impressed by what we do, and therefore we will show them that again and again and again, and we will spend as much time as we can. Why? Not because they're cute, not because they're, you know, our type doesn't matter. It matters that they're giving us value. And maybe that's value we're not getting elsewhere, okay? Women, you might not play the game, but you love being a part of the game. Why? Because when somebody is pursuing you, what do you feel? Valuable. You feel wanted when somebody wants you. And the problem is in marriage or long-term relationships, we get comfortable with each other. It's almost like it's locked in, right? We don't have to pursue anymore. We don't have to show value anymore. This kills marriages. This kills long-term relationships. It doesn't matter how solid you think you are. If you are not giving the other person value and they are a value-driven relationship identity, then I promise you somebody else is going to give them their value because this is the thing. It's like a drug. They have to have it. All right, now I want to eliminate that problem right off the bat by getting us to understand our true value but at the same time, if you're in this current relationship identity, that's a problem because I, infidelity comes from that. 
it all comes because somebody is relationally finding value or has a relational identity. So infidelity comes. The other one is this, and this is a, 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 I see a lot, and it's the up for grabs value. And what this means is this, your value blows with the wind. Things can give you value if you search for it all the time. I know you've probably read this book or heard of this book called The Five Love Languages written by Gary Chapman. Very, very good book. Wonderful marriage book. If you took that marriage love languages test and you scored high on all of the love languages, that means you don't feel valued. And you've got to find your value in somebody. So anybody does anything for you. And when that takes place, when you're this person, your, your value is up for grabs. You can watch the news and it affects your sleep. You become fear-based. Everybody's opinion matters to you. And you have the, even the craziest, craziest sensationalism ideas that come from the news invoke fear in you. You have a relational identity problem, and you need to get a hold of that. You need to know who you are. The last one, last problem is this, and it's this thing called insatiation. I don't even know if that's a word, but basically my definition of that word insatiation is this. You're never satisfied. If your relationship is what gives you value with any other person, that person will never be able to give you enough value to say, I've done it. I've won. I have the value I need. Why? Because people are not designed to give us value. Therefore, we will never find all the value we need out of a person. You're going to keep searching, and you're going to keep searching, and you're going to keep searching. Some people in the romantic world might call you a player. Now, what that means is this. Basically, when the newness wears off, when the endorphins fade, and you're not receiving that value anymore, you're going on to the next one. This is a problem. And the biggest problem is it's just all a lie. You're never going to find that value you're looking for. Now that we've discussed it and we've hashed it out and we've talked about how bad our life is and how bad our relationships is, are, let's find some solutions. All right? Number one, learn the value hack. Now, the way you do this is you basically have to take an inventory on where you find value. And you got to write all these things down. Okay. In other words, if your spouse is the one where you find your value, if you didn't have him, you would not be valuable. If you didn't have her, you would not be valuable. You need to write down your spouse. If it's being good at something, if you're a sports fanatic or you're a hunter or you're maybe it's money, whatever it is, to be successful at something for you to have value, I want you to write that down, okay? If you're trying to get your family's approval, I want you to write that down. You need to take an inventory on everything that gives you value. Now, this is, this is a big, big thing. Then I want you to step back from those things for a period of time. We'll even use a spiritual word and call it, we're going to fast those things for a period of time. Why? To give us room to find out who we truly are. For me, my value system revolved around people for years and years and years. And, and if you know me and you know my story, then you know that my value system came when other people thought I was a hero. Every time that I helped someone out of addiction, out of poverty, 
healed a marriage and did these things, it would give me value, meaning I'm worth something because these people need me. I cannot tell you how toxic and wrong that is. And so I had to step back from that thought process, even step back from helping people for a little bit until I figured out what my true identity was. Which brings me to my second solution, which is this thing that everybody's heard about called boundaries. You've got to have boundaries in your life. If you haven't read the book by Henry Cloud and Townsend called Boundaries, please read the book. It is a phenomenal book. But there's some things that I want to bring to your attention about boundaries that we might not think of. Some boundaries are dotted lines. Now, what that means to me is it's boundaries that are constantly we test. All right, so let me give you an example. Let's say you need to set up a boundary between you and your mother. All right, so do you write off your mother and just never speak? No, you find that distance where that boundary is healthy. The best definition of a boundary that I've ever heard is this, the distance between you and someone else where that person does not cause you negativity. In other words, there are certain conversations you might want to stay away from. That's your boundary because it's going to just cause negativity in your heart. Maybe it's certain situations. Maybe um, you don't go certain places with these people, right? So I have a boundary with my dad and my brother on um, Disney World. I will never do that again. Why? Simply because that is not the best environment for those two men, okay? And I have tons of stories about what happened there, and I don't have time to go into it. But it's a dotted line, right? It's, it's lines I might want to cross later in life. Keep testing. It's not solid. But then there's solid lines. These are the lines that say, okay, you and I are going to have to separate ourselves for a while. Separate ourselves maybe for good. This is a solid line. You found out by testing those boundaries that there's never situations where this person or this thing does not cause you negativity, okay? They've had a long track record of causing you negativity, so you need to set a solid line, and that line needs to be a a decent line to which you do not cross ever. It's just solid, right? And then the third type is what I like to call razor wire boundaries, right? This is the people that you need to get out of your life. They might be a dotted line in the future, but that's only because they change their ways. It is not because you allow them back in. There are some people that Satan has put in your life to destroy you. And because of this relational value system that you have, you just keep on keeping on. You just want to be a good person. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Get these people out of your life. Disclaimer, if you're married, this is not an option for you, all right? But if you're in a toxic relationship that's a long-term relationship even and somebody's abusive or doesn't treat you right, get out. Don't stay in it because that's where you find your value. This is the problem with relationship identities, okay? So we've got learn the value hack, which is write them all down, step back from them, set boundaries with people. But then the last one and the final one, and this is the most important, know who you are in Christ. You see, this is the answer to the relationship value problem. The problem is we are searching in earthly people to give us value that only God can give. 
We are designed to receive our worth and our value from Almighty God. That's what we were created. That's what that relationship looks like. That's why Christ died on a cross and reconciled us to God so that we could have that value. But I know the church a lot of times has this bad habit of making us feel like we don't have value. And we do it with good intentions. Nobody's malicious about it. But a lot of times all we hear from the pulpit, and I've been guilty of of doing this behind the pulpit, is how bad of a person you are. And you need to change. You need to change. You need to change. But what you got to understand is your sin in your life, your issues that you deal with, do not affect your value from God. It just doesn't. Romans 5, 7 says this, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to even die. But God shows his love, how much he, listen to this, values us. And while that we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God knows you're a sinner. God knows you've got all kind of issues. But that does not, diminish your value to him. And when you receive that Christ identity of, I know who I am in Christ, I don't care what you do, I don't care who hangs out with me, I don't care who does, I don't care who I marry if I ever get married, I don't care what my relationship status looks like. I am valued by God, and that's all I need. That is the only value system that matters to me. And when you tap into this. Man, everything in life changes. I'm personal testimony to this. Everything changes. When your identity is in Christ and you understand what that truly looks like, that Christ died for you and all your junk while you were still in your junk. He loves you that much. You are worth something. And it's not because somebody's married to you. It's not because somebody's dating you. It's not because your family approves of you. It's not because you have a lot of friends. You are worth a lot. Why? Because the most worthy human being that ever walked the earth, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, died on a cross for you while you were hostile towards him. That's how valuable you are. And I'm going to tell you something. The Bible tells, a, Jesus tells a parable that a man goes into a field and he finds treasure. He covers the treasure up, goes and sells everything that he has and goes after the treasure, buys the land. Do you realize that Jesus gave everything he had, that the man in that parable could have been Jesus found you? Yeah, it's that big. And I'm here to tell you right now, if you feel worthless, if you feel like there are people not giving you the value that you deserve, listen, listen, listen. You are worth Almighty God sending His Son to die on a cross for you. That sold me on day one. And that's what changed my identity. I don't care what people think about me. I just care what He thinks about me. And when I do that, man, stuff starts coming together in my life. There's peace I've never had before. I start to treat relationships as God designed them to be. Relationships are meant to fulfill us. 
not give us the value that only God can give. I love the relationships with my friends. I love my wife dearly. I love my kids. But they are not where I find my value. My value is found in Jesus Christ. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and I hope that you are following, sharing with your friends, subscribing, whatever that looks like, so that you'll get notifications when the next one drops. We are so excited. We are going to finish up next week with the identity problem, with the final conclusion of the identity problem. And so I want you to join me for that one. But in the meantime, let's take an inventory on what gives us value, and let's set up some boundaries with those toxic people, and let's dig even deeper, finding out who we are in Christ. Above all else, stay simple. Stay simple.